Trust in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Welcome, everyone, to Spouting Off. Oh, what a special red-letter day. Yes, there's a lot going on, and we're going to cover it. Uh, We can't possibly cover all of it, but there's something special that I want to start off with, and then we have a couple of guests that we hope and we think uh, will be very much uh, to your liking and pertinent to what's going on. Incredible amount of of things going on. Uh, This show right now is our number 400 show of spouting off. Now that may not mean much to you, but I just want to let you know how much this show has grown. We started out as just a little podcast on BBS radio, and now we do three days a week, two, two of those days, terrestrial radio at WSMN, that's 1590 AM and 95.3 FM WSMN in Nashua, New Hampshire, the live free or die state. And our show has been picked up by Salem syndication. And we'll be telling you more about that. Uh, And in any event, you can always get our show spouting off on demand at my website, karencataline.com. So many things have changed since we began our show uh, so many moons ago. The show count is a lot faster now that we do three shows a week instead of one. And how things have changed when I began. Now, I was in love with talk radio since I was 14 years old. But I didn't, and I had many fits and starts, but I didn't, I, it just wasn't right. The planets weren't aligned for me to do talk radio until I had done numerous other things, including being a musical comedy performer and a master's level social worker, and you name it, I have a checkered career. I draw on all of that to do the thing that I feel like I was meant to do, and that is to be the bugler or the chauffeur blower, and uh, bring certain things to your attention. That doesn't mean as, uh, you know, people who believe in free expression and individuality, no, it doesn't mean that you should take my word for anything. This is a commentary show, and we celebrate the spirit and the letter of the Constitution and the First Amendment, all five pillars of the the First Amendment and all the Bill of Rights, which means that America was built on dissent, on disagreement, on civil, civil discourse and civil debate. That's what we endeavor to do here. And then you decide. I have no pleasure in having been right about the direction of the country as it was going. When we started, 
um, things were well, but there was something sinister afoot. And yet even now, there's a segment of the population that still thinks these things are conspiracy theories. Never has the country been more divided. That's by design, too. So what to do? Well, hold fast to what you know, the timeless principles of liberty, individuality, civil discourse and dissent, family principles, holding individuals accountable instead of smearing giant groups for the sins of a few. We could go on and on, but we already have our first guest. Uh, Right before I bring her on, I just want to mention that we have, we've been watching the pictures and the coverage coming out of Florida and South Carolina and Hurricane Ian. Our prayers are for the victims of those who've been affected and family members all over the country uh, have loved ones in Florida. And yes, prayers for the victims really do help. It's not a cliche uh, with the move to divide us all and divide us into groups. And our next guest is going to help talk to us about that. Never has it been more important to recognize there, but for the grace of God to go, we. And uh, so we count our blessings and we see that there are many things more powerful than government, especially natural disasters like hurricanes and tornadoes and what have you. So um, those that try to spin Uh, all of this into a political agenda that benefits the few, they're obsessed. Uh, We got to look at each issue individually. Yeah, they're connected, but here to talk with us about that and so much more is someone that I have had on my program many times. She's always a pleasure. She lives in Canada, And uh, uh, our Canadian uh, individual thinkers and uh, uh, lovers of liberty speak volumes to us because we're all headed in the same direction. She's a critic of feminism and an advocate for men's rights based in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. She's the mother of three children. She's best known for infamous YouTube channel, Girl Writes What? She participates regularly on a group men's issues podcast known as Honey Badger Radio and has given presentations on feminism, men, masculinity across North America. And her name is Karen Strawn. Welcome, Karen, to Spouting Off once again. Well, well, hello, Karen. It's Ah. great to be with you again. It Uh, is great to have you. We're we're a bunch of, we're just a bunch of Karens here, I guess. Anyway. Yes, yes. And we have (laughs) laughed and uh, waxed philosophic about that. I have, you you may hear in my uh, uh, bumper, it says, Karen got her parents to name her Karen before she was born so she could grow up to be a punchline. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. It's it's like uh, yeah, the, I everywhere I go online, I hear people saying, uh, "You, this Karen is is 
the only good Karen, or you are the one good Karen, or you are the Karen that we all love, or you are the Karen who is not a Karen, or whatever, right? But It's so they, preposterous. They you know why? Because it's collectivism on steroids yet again. If, if you have yeah. a name, you can lump everybody together, just like you can lump all conservatives together, lump all women together, lump someone into a group without looking at them as an individual. It's much more sinister, I think, than people think. What say you? Yeah, Karen's shorthand for, um, you know, I I think they should have actually uh, named her Kate. Um, I don't know if you remember that show, John and Kate Plus Eight. I don't. there, (laughs) there There were times on that show that I saw her behaving exactly like what, a Karen is, you know, supposed to behave like, um, you know, right on camera, just berating her husband in public, shaming him, you know, dressing him down, ripping a strip off him in the grocery store and, and, and all of this stuff and just treating him like he's a bag of trash. Um, and, uh, so I'm, I was, I didn't really watch that show. I didn't follow the show, but every once in a while I'd turn it on and I saw her do this. And you and uh, I both know that her bad behavior or her inappropriate behavior has absolutely nothing to do with what she was named when she was born. Yeah. Uh, It's it's so the the fact that she's white and has blonde hair and frosted tips. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm like, whatever it's, but yeah, no, she was, she, she just came across, you know, the few times that I, you know, I'm clicking channels and I stumbled across it and she's in the middle of some public tirade against her husband. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's not going to end well. Uh, <laughs> I'm predicting divorce and uh, possibly substance abuse issues in both of their futures. Let me so. shift gears here. Um, Because before I ask you about some incredibly serious stuff, including Mm. the demeaning and the debasing of masculinity on which you are eloquent, more eloquent than anyone, let's talk about your gutsiness in calling yourself an anti-feminist. What's that all about? Because anti-racists are actually racist. So is anti-feminism feminism? Uh, no, oh, you know what? No, it's- we we are going to take a quick break. Didn't even see that coming. We'll be right back right. for Karen Strawn's answer to that question. Stay tuned. Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car. But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. Pat Boone here for Swiss America. According to the Secret War, a Swiss America white paper, I learned that all banks are now required to spy on you and me for the government and then report any financial behavior deemed suspicious or unusual. You must read The Secret War. It's free. Thanks, Pat. Call now, toll free, 866-883-2741. That's 866-883-2741. Truth is, I believe the government's new war against cash is really a war against us all. But the secret is now out. So please, get and read The Secret War. Call now, toll free, 
866-883-2741. That's 866-883-2741. Are you tired of the same old snacks? Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. Eating good never tasted so good. From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, and our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities. He's been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives. But he was there beside me. And my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Karen Cataline got her parents to name her Karen before she was born, so she could grow up to be a punchline. Now here's more spouting off with Karen Cataline. You see, did I did I lie? There it was. <laughs> there it was. Yeah, there no, it was. it's uh, it's it's excellent. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you just have to sit back and enjoy the meme. So you know. <laughs> well, listen, we have. I forgot. It's terrible. We have uh, a very short segment here, and so we're going mm-hmm. to escalate this a little bit and have you talk about how you became an anti-feminist feminist. And then I want to talk about the very real dangerous thing we're seeing. I even, um, we'll, we'll, we'll just jump right into that. Actually, if you don't mind, 
Uh, Somebody sent me a meme that said, I can't live like this anymore, but I don't want my mom to suffer anymore. A suicidal 17-year-old girl who had hormone blockers and she wants to commit suicide. Deep voice, visible Adam's apple, some facial hair. She says she destroyed her life and now she doesn't want to live. This this, uh, uh, thing on whatever social media it was, was censored for misinformation. I just want your comment on that, and then maybe we'll we'll back backtrack just a little. Well, you know, this is one of the reasons I am still a confirmed anti-feminist, um, because it, like my anti-feminism is not about you know fighting against equality for women, equal opportunities, equal uh, equal rights to, you know, run for office, get elected, represent your town or your county or your state or your, uh, your, in the federal government, all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not a problem with that. Not against women's rights in that regard at all. Um, but there's an entire ideology behind all of the advocacy that goes on with feminism. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's basically a description of how the world works. And that description has actually bled over into this description that began in the 19, well, the primary description began in the 1850s, but this new mode of it, you know, gender ideology that began with feminism right? They gave birth to that in the 1960s and 70s, right? Uh, uh-huh. Even going back to the 1920s. And uh, and that's what we're seeing right now is this, and it's not, it's not uh, a coherent ideology. It's, it's a completely false ideology. It's, it's basically a, an idol. It's idolatry towards a concept that is is logically and realistically incoherent. And that's what what we're seeing right now with all of these kids, particularly girls uh, these days, who have decided that they, you know, they, well, I just don't feel like a girl. And, you know, and if I don't feel like a girl, there's no such thing as a tomboy, right? Uh, if, no, if the you minute like, you like something male, you... You are, uh, uh, yeah, no, you up, need to transition, you know, and that, that's going to give you a sex change operation at, I don't know, age nine, 11. Yeah, it's no. A, and, atrocious. and what, what they're doing, you know, with these puberty blockers, they're not actually puberty blockers. That's a, that's a colloquialism. That's not a, a medical term. They're cancer drugs for okay. aggressive hormone driven cancers. Oh right? God. They've never been tested oh. in children. Yeah, it sounds suspiciously they, like the vaccine that wasn't properly it, tested. I don't think yeah. people really care. At, I don't know. Why, what's your assessment as to why this is being pushed on kids? I have my thoughts. I always like hearing yours. Oh, God. You know, like, I, do lunatics really need... Um, you know, uh, an explanation for what they do. Yes. Because I think what, what happened was <laughs> because back in they're the doing 1960s, the bidding 
forgive me, they're doing the bidding of other people. They've jumped on the bandwagon. The question is who the people that are pushing this and building uh, adherence to it, what's their agenda? Well, I think there were, I think there were initially people uh, who were very avant-garde and they, they wanted to be edgy and they wanted to be cool and they wanted to entertain new ideas. So they plucked a bunch of women out of mental hospitals, okay, and handed them a PhD and said, here, here's an entire university department for you to run. Okay, that was the birth of women's studies. Not in, not in reality, but kind of, you know, it could have happened that way, given how insane some of these women were. And, um, and then they crafted this whole gobbledygook, internally inconsistent set of theories that would fall apart the moment you, uh, you walk past just the breeze of you walking past would like collapse the entire thing. But because they were given validation by the universities, uh, you know, it was it was all valid. It was all wonderful. Even Noam Chomsky called them out for this stuff. Even? Oh, uh, that's very interesting. Did you know yeah. that there are gay people who are uh, working to take the T off the LGB. Oh yeah, no, and I don't blame them. So I don't blame them because those T's are crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but but here's the thing, Karen Strawn, we're talking to Karen Strawn, a self-professed anti-feminist. Um, what we see is that when there was 0.2% of people who believed they were trans and that somehow believing and enabling their uh, gender dysphoria turned into a movement to create gender dysphoria. When you tell a little kid that there is no boy and there is no girl, which, by the way, is so interesting because for years they told except us that there is, people- though, except there is, because if if you if there is a boy and a girl, there is no boy and no girl, but there is right. because you can go right. from being a boy to being a girl. Gender right? is so fluid, there has right? to be a, like it's it's it's, it's yeah. internally psychotic. Mm-hmm. Like the theory, it's like saying you you believe you're a bird, and someone says, "Okay, jump out the window." Um, yeah. And yeah. I might I might add that a lot of people don't mention this. They told us the same bunch told us that being gay was fixed. You were born that way. You had no choice. But somehow being heterosexual is completely fluid. How does that work? Yeah, no, no. It's like I said, like I said, this body of theories, right, which blames white cis-heteronormative capitalist patriarchal culture, okay, Western culture, right, for everything. For every 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 bad feeling somebody has about themselves, right? They look in the mirror and they don't they don't really like the way they look or whatever. Um, but don't they know, create that, the bad that feelings? That is the fault of yes. the the cis heteronormative white mm. supremacist capitalist patriarchy. Yeah. Right. So and well, but yeah. this this is this is the product of you know what started in academia in the ni- late nineteen sixties, early seventies. Right. And then it sort of gained steam and it got more adherence. And then, you know, and there's there's these programs 
um, you would call them uh, anything that ends with studies, right? Anything that ends yes. with studies, like so, gender, women, studies, gender studies, that. whatever, right? Right. They right. use this model. They all have an activist component to them, right? So you know you what, get Karen? Credit we are for almost out of time. Forgive me. We've only barely scratched the surface of this topic, but you're one of my <laughs> go-to people. So, Karen, tell everybody how they can find you and follow you. It's great that you're in Canada uh, so people can learn more about your thoughts and your work. Um, you know, you can find me at uh, you, uh, uh, on my YouTube channel, Girl Writes What? I am no longer on Twitter. Because I got banned for annoying the wrong male feminist. So congratulations, you've arrived. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like a badge of honor, and yeah. then it freed up a whole bunch of time in my day. So really, you know, <laughs> how did you come up with with like thirty seconds? How did you come up with girl rights? What? I mean, you know, it's very provocative. Oh, oh, you know, I, I actually picked that username before I you know, started really, you know, talking about men's rights online. And it was like, okay, I've written four dirty books for women and, uh, you know, like erotic romance novels. Okay. And uh, so, you know, girl writes what? What did she just say? I can't believe (laughs) she just wrote that. Anyway, Karen Strawn, thank you so much. We love having guests from our neighbors to the north uh because you're going through the same thing we are thank you so much for joining us we'll have you gone we'll have you on again soon that sounds good all right you take care we're going to be back with another guest cannot wait to talk to you about globalism stay tuned you're listening to spouting off i'm karen kathleen don't go anywhere Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. With our 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! Call 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM, R-A-M. That's 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hi, it's Karen Cataline. It's been almost a decade since I wrote Fat Lash Food Police in the Fear of Thin. It's about my early experiences in child beauty pageants and being put on extreme diets. Remember when that was shocking? Sadly, that seems like child's play compared to what we are watching today when politicians and woke corporations are actually advocating for the sexualization of children. Everyone's children. We're watching a frontal attack on childhood innocence. This is one story, my story. Fat Lash illustrates and explains why good boundaries are essential for kids to grow up healthy. 
They need their parents to set them, not the government. Get Fat Lash today. It's available in paperback or ebook at Amazon or at my website, KarenCataline.com. Wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to or hit rewind. Like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Or that time you forgot to roll up your windows in the car wash. Fantastic. Yeah, a remote control would have come in handy then. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Life doesn't come with a remote control. So you're on your own with the wasps. You have the power to take control of pre-diabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in a pot of cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As a metaphor for us and all that we go through as veterans, it's a story that rings true. We learn to endure the heat in silence. We apply what we learn to life, the bills, the job, the family, things we're expected to handle with ease. When life heats up around us, we just try to stay afloat. We let the water boil. Reaching out isn't easy, but you've never been interested in easy. You join because you are not afraid of hard work. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait until the water boils. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Karen Cataline puts the Judeo in Judeo-Christian. Now back to Spouting Off. Welcome back, everyone, to Spouting Off. This, our 400th show of Spouting Off, here, there, and everywhere. Uh, And to celebrate, we're going to have another guest (laughs) who is going to talk about uh, globalism. Is it dead? Is it almost dead? I was enchanted with this uh, pitch that I received. And so we're going to talk to him right now. His name is Kenneth Raposa. He's a seasoned veteran business journalist with more than 20 years of experience reporting locally for the Boston Globe and stationed abroad as a staff reporter for the Wall Street Journal and Dow Jones News in Sao Paulo, where he won awards for his work. So good to have you with us, sir. Kenneth Raposo. Raposa. Uh, joins us now on Spouting Off. Hey, Karen. Thanks for having me on to your 400th show. I feel I feel special already, even though I'm unknown <laughs> to your listeners at this moment. <laughs> well, thank you. And dare we ask you, are you overseas right now? No, in- no, no, no. I am in. I am in the. I'm in balmy Southern Massachusetts right now. Oh, great. Well, uh, good for you. And it's, uh, yeah. I guess, still a little balmy. So, Kenneth, <laughs> I was, and not in Florida, which we, we still 
have uh, those people and the people dealing with the hurricane in our prayers. Uh, when I read this pitch about globalism almost dead, I wasn't 100% sure whether this was just for business or for the larger uh, ideas of globalism that are being imposed upon us with things like the World Economic Forum. So we have a lot to talk about, but let's first talk about uh, your area in particular, which is the business sector and globalism. Is it almost dead? Look, globalism has been declared dead now, honestly, for the last, let's say, three years, right? So even the World Economic Forum itself in 2016, I think, had a headline on their blog page saying globalization is dead, globalization, right, which is another word for globalism. So it was, it was declared dead even then. And, of course, this is probably even before Trump was considered a real candidate, a serious contender for the White House. So this has been something that's been bantered about for a while because the, the, the proponents of globalism, they know that the plebs, you and me, all your listeners, they don't like globalism. They like globalization. Yeah, we want to go to Italy and we want to go on vacation. Or yeah, we want to have authentic Italian food instead of Olive Garden. Yeah, we want our Zimbabwe friends. We like them. They're our friends. You know, yeah, we want our Peace Corps guys and all that. Fine. But that's not what this is all about, right? This, this is not what one-world kumbayaism is all about. It's, it's about centralization, corporate control of the Western world, at least, at least the Western world, and its, and its vassal states, which you could say would be all the Americas down to the southern cone of Argentina, at least, in this area, they, this, our neck of the woods. They know people don't like it. They see how people vote against it consistently. And they are pushing back. So they want to put the word out that we get it. We get that you don't like it. So what have they been doing over the last four years, at least, as they've been wrapping globalism in the pretty bows of diversity and inclusion and climate justice, right? So all of these things can only get solved if you let the big corporations and the globalists, you know, handle it for you. You know, we're going to be diverse. We're going to be inclusive. We're going to save the planet. And only globalism can, can of course, save all these things. So they, they know they're against the wall. They know they're disliked, and they have to put that message out there. But it's on the run, I will say. Globalization as, as an ideology is on the run, but it's, it's not beat. And they're like a wolf boxed into a corner. They are going to fight back, and they are fighting back. We see what's happening in Europe right now. The Europeans have been protesting against these globalist policies now for years against fertilizer, against farming, against oil and gas, okay? And uh-huh. so they're going to speed it up. And we don't know exactly if they're going to be successful. We hope not. We hope the case for people having their own free will and being free people to decide what they're going to eat, what they're going to drive, how they're going to live is still going to be important in the Western democracies. But they're pushing back against those of us who see globalization as not our friend. So. Um, is it just rhetoric that they're saying globalism is dead when we know full well that there are some sinister, sinister uh, people out there who don't just want to control a little of the world? They appear to want to control all of the world. It's like a bad sci-fi movie. When Klaus Schwab declared that uh, the no one should be using a personal automobile, I don't really know. Oh, and uh, you will own nothing, but you will be happy. He actually said that. 
I don't know who elected him, uh, uh, you know, uh, emperor of the world, but he seems to be proclaiming himself as such. So is it really dead or is the rhetoric of globalism dead? Okay, so here's, here's, this, here's the thing. People, the average person, again, you, me, our, the listeners, right? They don't want it. They don't want globalism. They don't want it to be that, you know, globalization means that I can't make a widget in Idaho. I have to, you know, only going to be made in, in uh, Asia, Asian nations now. It means I have to be forced to do what, whatever it is the government and the corporate masters say I have to do with my life, buy this car, this food. But globalization is against the wall because, again, the electorate in the West is against it. And people are now writing about this, and I suggest that your readers pick up the latest book by a Financial Times columnist of all people. Her name is Rana, Raina uh, Furahar, and the book is called uh-huh. Homecoming. This, this is where the review came out. I did a book review. This is why we're, you and I are talking, because we're talking about is globalism almost dead. It, yes. I reviewed her book on this topic. So a lot of very prominent people, people who, people who go to the Clinton you know, Global Initiative and, have, and, and, and do meetings, people who go and, and, have, you know, and, and they're on a panel discussing the future and where, where the, our betters are going to take us in, into the future, people who attend the Davos Forum, obviously, uh, sure. and people who go to the Bloomberg Forum in, in, in New York City every, every year. These guys, panelists at these places, like Rana, are saying, or well, Rain, I'm not sure if it's her first name. We're not friends, so I never met her, so could say it wrong. Uh, they know. They know that it's on its last legs. But what they don't realize, I think, and I'm not sure people really understand this yet, is that these guys who are, are proponents of, of globalization and have been since the 70s, they're still, they're still alive and kicking. It's an, it's an ideology. They are going, they're not going out without a fight. And they're going to shove this down your throat as hard as they can. And so people have to push back against it. And I think they are right. pushing back against it. And the question is going to be whether we're going to be successful at this battle. The battle of our time in the West is globalism versus populism, which is why anybody who's a populist candidate is automatically vilified as racist, transphobic, uh, doesn't believe in science instantly, right? They're right. instantly labeled right. as such. Um, right. And the other battle would be centralization versus decentralization, because for the longest time we've had globalism since the 80s. We've had it for a long time, but it's still been a very decentralized world. So we've had the two living uh, side by side. The ultimate power of globalism is centralization, right? That's sure. the ultimate. And of so course. that's the battle. I think people have to push back against it. And, and as long as people understand it, as long as people can see what's coming, then you can prepare. If you don't see, then you're blindsided. But you have to at least understand it. At an, at an elementary level, because otherwise you're just going to get scooped up in it and you're going to be, you know, it's like the, like the old, uh, what's that old expression, you know, the, the frog in, in the in the, in the boiling water. water. We, just, boil. we just played a commercial. You say that no, very yeah, I think I, analogy. That's probably why I said that, because I probably, I probably heard <laughs> it, it came into my head. So, exactly. Yes. You know, Kenneth, we have to take a break in just about 20 seconds or so. And I'm so glad that you can stay with us for one more segment because we've just uh, begun talking about this. And yes, this is exactly what I hoped you would talk about. Well, when we come back, I want to talk, you went exactly where I wanted you to go or what I hoped you would go, which is when you say globalists are against the wall, but they're using force. They're not asking our permission. They are bullying us. And what we're going to talk about when we get back is how do you push back? 
when you feel like you're just a little plebe, like you mentioned. Stay with us. We're talking to Kenneth Raposo. Wait a minute. We got one more minute. I broke too soon. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're going to talk about that when we get back. But why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, and then we'll pick it up on the other side. Sure. So I work for an advocacy group that advocates for manufacturing in the United States, and we are prosperousamerica.org, and that's where you can find find me. I also am a columnist still at Forbes, and you can just Google my name and, and Forbes, yeah. and, you'll, and you'll find me there. Uh, I love when people that I have on as guests drill down to the nub of the issue, the core of the issue, and you just did it with globalism versus populism, centralization versus decentralization. And uh, so we're going to talk about, well, how does the, um, the peasant, like you and I, how do, we, how do we push back against this? We'll be right back with Kenneth Raposa here on Spouting Off. I'm Karen Cataline. You're listening to the KRN Radio Network. Stay tuned. I was asking God through prayer, seeking a good news source. I believe he showed me the Epic Times. I delivered the mail and came across an issue. The front page intrigued me, and I subscribed. Now I cut out articles and give them to friends and family. I leave old issues at the library and around my community. We read it to our kids and love the positive messages in each article. So why do I think everyone should read the Epic Times? Because they're bringing back traditional values to this great country. Share healthcare. How can I help? help? I missed the deadline. Um, what deadline? The healthcare deadline. I'm locked out. We don't have any deadlines at Share Healthcare. You can enroll with us at any time. Oh, but can I afford it? Share Healthcare programs start at one forty nine a month. Less than five dollars a day. Can I keep my doctor? Absolutely. Pick your own doctor and hospital. Amazing. How do I join? Just visit sharehealthcare.com. Sharehealthcare.com. Sometimes you need a woman's opinion, especially if you're trying to do the impossible, which is to understand women. I'm not really comfortable talking about certain things with women I know or even with family members. I used to wish there was a smart woman who didn't know me, but who would care enough to give me good advice. Now there is. Ask Aunt Emma is for men only, but it's not therapy or phone dating. It's just wise advice. Is completely anonymous because you call and pay through liveadvice.com. So I decided to give it a try. I was amazed at Aunt Emma's insights. She gave me a lot to think about so I could decide what to do next. And maybe she can help you too. Find Ask Aunt Emma on Facebook or register at liveadvice.com and you can speak to her practically right away. Again, you can find Ask Aunt Emma on Facebook or you can register at liveadvice.com. Get the female perspective. Just ask Aunt Emma. Ask Aunt Emma is for men only. Must be 18 or older. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, And every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think 
parents' job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Sign up for Karen's newsletter and read her columns at KarenCataline.com. Now back to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Welcome back, everybody, to our 400th show here on Spouting Off. Always good to have you along. Uh, We are talking to Kenneth Raposa, who is a veteran business journalist with more than 20 years of experience reporting locally for the Boston Globe and also at the Coalition for a Prosperous America. We're talking about really, I think, among the issues of our time. Kenneth Raposa, thank you for staying with us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) So, What we were talking about before the break is exactly what you said, is that these maniacs are not asking our permission to erase our borders, erase our boundaries, make us all beholden to either the UN or other international forces uh, that will have us uh, owning nothing and being happy. I love when people tell us whether we'll be happy or not. Uh, This is maniacal. Uh, there's no live and let live there at all. So how do we push back against this? And that's exactly what you were alluding to before the break. Right. So pushing back, you you, you got to pick your spots, right? Because there's always something. <laughs> there's always something to battle against, right? There's it's never like any moment of peace. So you got to pick your spots. So so yeah. what are the spots, and where have we seen people pushing back against most? most uh, fervently. So when you look back and you mentioned the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, and he's everybody's favorite villain now, remember the World Economic Forum up to a few years ago was just considered a simple, you know, glamorous business and geopolitical forum held in Davos, Switzerland. And now it's known as what it really is, which is the Western world's largest influence in peddling operation that the world has probably ever seen. So what you have to do is you've got to consider what these guys like Schwab say is part of the new uh, industrial revolution. And there's what I call four or five pillars to that, which they're force-feeding down your throat through policies that they recommend the governments do. And these new things, that, these, are, these new sectors, these sectors of the economy, they, that must be destroyed and rebuilt. And these, these sectors include new food, 
So you see what policies are happening. We're going to, we're going to punish fertilizer. We're going to punish the cattle rancher. You see it in Europe. New food, which would be stem cell, animal cell, beef, you know, grown in the lab, right? Bugs, right? Insect protein. You look this, you just Google insect protein, you'll see there's dozens of companies from Europe and the United States that invest in insect protein, not for like your dogs to eat or your birds to eat, but for us to eat, okay? So you, you look that up. Um, that's one market that's part of the Industrial Revolution. You can push back against that. You want to eat mealworm patties, you go right along with it. You fine. Go for it. But don't make it so that my hamburger is going to cost me $40 a pound. Don't make it so that I can't survive as a rancher in my nice little farm town. That's, that's exactly not, not, what that's, they're doing. That's not what we want. Hmm. That's one. Yeah, and the other three sectors really would be new fuel, which, of course, is the destruction of oil and gas or eliminating oil and gas from the equation. That's happening in the West. And then after that, you've got new autos, which, of course, is getting rid of the oil and gas cars and replacing it with EVs. And then or you don't have, have autos drugs. at all. Only no autos, autos all. for the elite. And then you have new drugs, which, of course, historically, drugs have always been something you took if you were sick or, to, or to, because you had high blood pressure or thyroid problems. You needed that to regulate the situation. But the new drug market is really a market that's for healthy people, where you, you have to be injected with something or you have to take a pill for some type of virus or some type of poison that, you know, our betters have, you know, poisoned, so we have to take these, these new drugs to survive. That's another market. And then finally, you would have the, um, the new digital currency market, and that wouldn't be Bitcoin. It would be more of a centralized programmable currency, which would be, which, which everybody knows now as the central bank digital currencies. That would be the final straw there. Uh, they would probably roll this out in an emergency, whereas, you know, just like we got stimulus checks before, if you wanted a stimulus check in the, in the, in the future, you might have to have the central bank digital currency card, which would allow you to spend money the way the government intended you to spend it, which would be, you yeah. know, they control Kenneth, how much money you spend, got to cut lower to the chase. and so on. We got to cut to the chase here because, I mean, we are cutting to the chase. And that is that every single one of these things that you mentioned, contrary to people who think that corporations represent free markets and capitalism, this is all goes to a global socialism slash communism, doesn't it? How does that figure into all this? Because it's all controlled. You know, well, here's what it is. You, you can push, I mean, some things you push back. Yeah, I mean, maybe you don't want to push back against EVs and you don't want to push back against Teslas, but you don't want to make it, for example, that I must buy, right? So those things can exist, but the problem is it's not about making those things exist. You want to have a cricket hamburger, go right ahead. But don't force it so that I can't afford my regular food. Don't poison and destroy my regular traditional food supply chain. So I have but to. But with all respect, that's exactly what they're doing. They it's took exactly, the vax, the exactly. jab, so that's, and they that's made what I call sure. force-fed globalization, right? That's right. For, they're forcing a policy on you because they know the, exactly. they know the bulk of humanity doesn't want it, so they're going to force it on them. Well, exactly. So let's. T- I mean, it's it's a hard question to answer. How do you push back against tyranny? I mean, this is really the bottom line when they're saying right. you don't get a choice. You know, yeah. th- that old thing of different strokes for different folks. No, this stroke is for everyone. And if you don't go along, we're going to punish you. We're going to censor you. You're going to isolate you. We're going to, uh, you know, raid you with the FBI, God forbid, or whatever else they plan to do. Right. Well, the answer to that question is very simple, and we have recent examples that, that doesn't, you know, you don't have to go to, your, to the library and read books on it, is, is you understand, you, you pick your spots. Like I said, I give you those four areas, and you see how people have protested. Look at the f- farmers in Europe have been protesting against policies to put higher tax on f- fertilizer or, or, to, or to cap the amount of nitrogen you can put, or whatever it may be, 
to make farming more difficult and more costly. You push back. Look, look what happened in Canada with the vaccine mandates, truckers' protests, okay? And you keep doing that because what happens is people start to see it, and you see we got social media. You don't need CNN to know what's going on in the world, right? You don't need CNN. Yeah. That, that's, that's the regime that's the regime message. So you can go to Twitter, you go to your Facebook, you go to some other social media platform, and, and, you'll, and you'll see it there. And you don't have to hear someone like me saying it, because I just might be, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm all wet, right? But you can see the video, you can see image, you could at least understand, oh, wow, there's a lot of trucks over there. And I, was, I, never, I never saw this on CNN. What are they That's why they want to put down opposition and defiance exactly. and uh, lack of compliance. You, you went... You know, you zeroed in on it beautifully. We do have to wrap it up. Kenneth Raposa, uh, I also just wanted to mention that we've got things to celebrate. Italy's new prime minister, Georgia Meloni, is a revelation. She's admits she's a woman. She's actually a woman and a mother. And she's Italian and she's Christian and it's okay. And she ain't apologizing. So tell everybody one more time where we can find you. And I'll have you back on again soon. Sure. So look up my company that we work that I work for as an industry analyst at prosperousamerica.org. We're fighting Davos man all day long. <laughs> yeah, we're going to follow you. Thank you for your great work. We appreciate it. These are extraordinary times, and good people are standing up. Stand with them. Thank you, Kenneth Raposa, for joining us. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, um, that about does it. Boy, the hour goes quickly uh, here for Spouting Off and Karen Cataline. Keep on speaking up, speaking out, and uh, use them or lose them. Use those First Amendment rights. Exercise them because there's lots more to spout off about, and we'll have a lot more next week on Spouting Off.